Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to VUX World, the practical voice podcast. Today, we're talking about voice shopping and we are giving you a guided tour around why voice shopping is worth jumping into now if you're a reseller. Some of the trends surrounding voice shopping, some of the forecasted uh, trends around voice shopping as well. How you can essentially get all of your product inventory onto Alexa really simply and easily using BlueTag. And BlueTag is our guest today, Shilp Agarwal, who is the CEO of BlueTag, was in the Alexa Accelerator in 2018. They are now providing a really straightforward and simple way for retailers to get on board on the Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant platform. Essentially, this whole episode is geared around helping retailers understand what the value of voice is for their brand. And so you will have immense fun, as me and Dustin did on this conversation with Shilp Agarwal, which is presented by Sparks, the Sparks app. It is a podcast app which allows you to capture sparks. Sparks are like ideas that you have during the process of listening to a podcast. If you're like me, then when you're listening to a podcast, you tend to zone out every now and then. Someone says something really interesting, gets you thinking about something. But then usually that thought is gone and it's gone forever and then your attention is brought back to the podcast. What Sparks lets you do is capture those thoughts and capture those sparks, as it's called, within the app so that you have them there forever. You can always refer back to them and when you do refer back to them, they're all timestamped so as soon as you open a spark, it will immediately throw you back to the point in the podcast where you initially had the thought so you can play back that part of the podcast. It is fantastic. I've been using it for a few weeks now and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the Sparks team are looking for feedback. The app is in beta and they're looking for feedback from innovative early adopters. And so if you listen to podcasts, which it sounds as though you might do, and you use a podcast player, which most of you do because only 10% of you listen to this on the website. And if you are an in innovative early adopter, which you must be if you've been listening to this podcast for the past two years, then check out the Sparks app. Visit sparksapp.io slash V-U-X. That's sparksapp.io slash V-U-X. Download it, give it a whirl, and don't forget to send your the team your feedback. Thank you, Sparks, for sponsoring this episode of VUX World. Now, without further ado, this is Shilp Agarwal, CEO of Blue Tag on VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. VUX World. Branding with the big faces. I love listening to it. Kane Sims. Kane Sims. Kane Sims, the one and only. Britain's finest, Mr. Kane Sims. Dustin. Dustin. Dustin Coates. I like it when you guys are together and talking about voice. Without further ado, welcome to the show. How's things, Dustin? We're going pretty okay, Kane. How about you? All right. How, how's the lockdown? It's coming okay. I am, uh, so I've been locked down since Thursday. And so I am definitely getting a little bit of the cabin fever. How's it going with you? Kind of. Uh, I've been working from home for a week or so. It's fully, not necessarily fully locked down in Britain right now, but uh, the schools are closing on Friday. So people listening to this now last Friday, just like a few days ago, basically. Um, and so people are just in a blind panic thinking, you know, they can't get any calpo for Artie anywhere, so I don't know what's going on. What about over there, Shilp? How's things over there with uh, on your end? Things are good. Uh, I mean, same thing. You know, it's a complete lockdown. Today we are in our first full week completion of being working from home remotely, the whole team. So last Thursday we started working remotely and, uh, you know, same thing. The schools are shut down as of this this week. So, uh, so yeah, but I mean, you know, fortunately, um, uh, you know, our businesses uh, doesn't really get impacted that much, but we definitely uh, understand the impact on, you know, a lot of other businesses that rely on physical 
you know, traffic and movement. So yeah, yeah. It's mad. It's uh. So where are you based? Uh, we are based in New York. New York. Ah, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So I think New York and maybe Paris. I don't know what the what the situation is and how it compares to London. I think London's slightly ahead of the rest of Britain, but I think Britain, from what I understand, is slightly behind. I think it's slightly behind Paris. I don't know what the situation is with with New York, but uh, New York's a pretty big space. They're totally locked down. Yeah, New York's New York's. Uh, I mean, now all the restaurants are closed. Uh, you know, this week they announced that every restaurant, bar, everything is closed. And I think the reality is that I think it's necessary because it's just it's so crowded that people. You know, it, it is the cabin fever thing. Uh, like Dustin was saying, it definitely gets to you. But I think it's important. So I think it, you know, naturally, unless there's like a unless you're forced to stay home, <laughs> people are still going out, which I think is good to avoid right now. So so yeah, it's tricky. What are you doing to stay in touch with your colleagues to make sure that everyone's still staying connected? Uh, so yeah, I mean, so, yeah, so you know, we we do our regular calls, which uh, you know we do over video, which used to happen in the office. Uh, you know, we generally we do that. I did that actually right before this, uh, and we we're doing uh, extra ones of those. So we're doing a couple of those every day. Uh, you know, on Tuesday we for St. Patrick's Day we actually did a virtual happy hour. Everybody was on Zoom, so you know that worked out pretty good. We all kind of toasted and we had some beers together. So again, you know, just trying to you know make the best of the situation, you know, and because uh, I, I totally understand for a lot of people who are, you know, especially living by themselves in their apartments, it's it's tough, you know. So just keep making sure that they all feel, you know, they're reminding them to get up and move, take go take a walk, you know, all that. So I think it's one of those things people realize, but having a reminder definitely helps. Mm. So. Um... With that, <laughs> we should talk about voice stuff at some point. Um, and so, so you're the CEO of Blue Tag. You were in the Alexa Accelerator 2018, was it? That's correct. Yeah. And and you provide voice shopping capabilities for retailers. That is correct. So we'll move probably move away a little bit from the whole Corona thing uh, over the course of the conversation. But before we do. Are you seeing over the next couple of months, like one of the vlogs I'd put on LinkedIn was about how I think that smart speakers, it's make or break for smart speakers essentially over the next 12 months or so. And now that everyone's going to be spending more time indoors, close to the smart speakers, not voice in general, just specifically smart speakers. Um, what are your thoughts on what this might do? And potentially, although, you know, thoughts go out to people who have got or contracted this disease and, and, and anyone who is in a bad situation over it, but broadly speaking, with everyone at home, are you viewing that with the same lens that this is a, an, a good opportune time for retailers to, to think about onboarding themselves into the Alexa smart speaker virtual assistant ecosystem? Yeah, so I mean, you know, from our side, we've definitely seen a significant, you know, surge in, in usage, you know, for all our other all our customers. And again, you know, as you mentioned, the primary reason being that people are just more people are home right now, you know, you know, for, for unfortunate reasons, but people are currently at home. Uh, so that's one aspect of that, you know, and then the other aspect, you know, we, we don't know exactly where that falls in, but I think generally also, I think people are becoming a little bit more wary about touching things. So, you know, when you start looking at, you know, if I'm in the kitchen, there's, you have kids at home, you, everybody's playing outside, coming back in and you want to, you know, you, you do you necessarily want to like, if you want to, you know, for example, we have grocery 
grocery customers. If I'm running out of milk and I want to just add that to my shopping cart, do I necessarily need to, you know, launch a browser and go to the computer, touch things if I just have to do a task? So again, you know, I, I'm not saying that that's the reason, but there, it could be a combination. But I think overall, I think, you know, we're, we're going to come out with a, a bunch of new normals that are going to get formed. Uh, through this whole situation. And I think one of them might just generally be that hey, we don't need to really touch a lot of things. So, uh, you know, but overall, regardless of that, we are seeing uh, a surge in, in usage, uh, especially, you know, a couple of customers that do do household items and groceries where, you know, that is essentials that people do need regularly. And, uh, you know, being able to do that, you know, using voice is something that's there. So, you know, I, I would definitely agree that I think a lot of the retailers and brands uh, have already started thinking. We've started getting more inquiries over the last couple of weeks. Uh, with them, you know, being more interested in making sure that they're able to capture that ambient computing now that people are around smart speakers more. What would you class as a surge in usage? Is it like twofold, threefold? Is it 20%? Like what what kind of surge are we talking here? I mean, it depends on the, the use case and the retailer. Uh, you know, for example, I could talk about one particular one, uh, uh, you know, in general. Uh, you know, for example, on the East Coast, we have a grocer, uh, Fresh Direct, and what they do is that they uh, um, do groceries right now. So for them, uh, the biggest thing that's happening right now, uh, Kane, is that, you know, a lot of people are looking for delivery slots, and the delivery slots are not available. So when people are going online, they're literally just waiting and then clicking refresh, trying to see when the next slot opens up, because that's the biggest problem right now. So what we've done is that, you know, now you can just go and say, Alexa, ask Fresh Direct for the next available delivery slot. And it can just kind of tell you, like, hey, there's nothing available. Or it could say that, hey, I see a slot available on Friday at 10 a.m. Do you want me to reserve that for you? And at that point, if a user says yes, it reserves it for you. So that's that's something that's an ideal use case right now for them. And that's getting, you know, that's definitely going to increase more than two, four, five fold because that's a real need right now. And I think when it comes down to to when we talk about voice shopping and voice commerce, it really is not just limited to a transaction, but there's so many different elements of retail journey that become relevant. And as, as and when we f- work with retailers, and I'll go into a few more use cases later on, depending on what their needs are, you know, they realize that it's not necessarily, you can't just think about, oh, nobody's going to buy using voice as much as they will buy using your web or mobile. That could be true in a lot of use cases, but there's so many aspects that would make so much more sense through voice that actually just are naturally going to be a shift in user behavior. Now, once people get used to something like this, uh, you know, that puts a retailer uh, that is offering that service, absolutely gives them a competitive edge, right? Um, Consumers have so many options right now. You know, they, they have multiple places where they can order from. So how do you make sure that in this competitive landscape, you're providing something additional that adds, you know, comfort and convenience for your customers is, is how retailers need to think, yeah. So are you seeing the the surge in usage is, um, is, is, is it also a surge on the transactional side, people checking out, or is it predominantly people wanting to do other things like add stuff to the shopping list and like almost like those little micro tasks in in with, within the journey as opposed to the transaction or is there, are you also seeing actually an increase in people on the transaction end as well? 
Absolutely. We're definitely seeing an increase in transaction size. So, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of direct-to-consumer brands that have a lot of reorder use cases. So whether you're reordering, you know, your your coffee beans, let's say, you know, we have a customer that that has that sells coffee, you know, and they have a very, they're, they're huge. They have like more than a million Instagram followers. They have a really loyal customer base and people are, you know, now people are more home. So they're ordering more coffee. So now literally people are just saying that, Hey, can you reorder my coffee from this place? And at that point they can, you know, quickly place an order without having to go through that whole thing. And, you know, they're running out of coffee. So, so, you know, definitely the transaction volume for things that people are looking for more. And right now I think it's a little bit more concentrated on those essentials and, and things that people need while they're at home, uh, you know, but, but again, you know, what that leads to is that when people start, you know, and a lot of people have actually discovered the capabilities of these brands that, Hey, I can actually reorder something using voice. But essentially what that also does is that it actually adds to another element of their behavior changing that, Oh, if I'm able to do this with this brand, should I go and try this with a different brand? If they, and, and, you know, that's, those are the kind of things that, although right now it's more focused on things that people are in need of today more because of the current situation, uh, it is something that's adding to their user behavior shift. Uh, you know, I think that's, and that's important to note. One of the things that I was thinking, um, I, I've, I've kind of got to the point where for certain things, I think I do have an established behavior now. It used to be that I was just testing. So I would order like some dog treats um, and it was just purely just because I'm testing. I just want to figure out how the interaction looks. But literally the other day, uh, we were on the way out. We were going out. uh, It was Artie's nap time. We were going to go for a walk. We had about probably about three or four dog poo bags left in our roll. And honestly, on my way out, I said, Alexa, order more dog poo bags. And look, I've got the Echo Show in the kitchen, looked at the one that I that I knew that I'd ordered, just said, yeah, order number one. And it was done. And I I, I, I shit you not, it was by the, t- like from going from the dog cupboard to get his lead to the back door to leave the house, I ordered the, the dog poo bags and then left. It was like literally a five second situation. Um, so, and, and that was like, I, can, I think that that seems to be like an established behavior for me. And I wasn't me testing, it was just something that I actually needed to do. Um, so it's interesting the way you mentioned the the consumables and the the things that need to be replenished quite a lot. That dog poo bag one being being uh, one example. But do you think that do you think that people will do that often enough with with enough brands to make voice shopping viable for lots and lots of retailers? So how how many consumable kind of things do I need to regularly buy and do I need to buy them from a, a whole bunch of retailers? Or are you seeing the retailers that you're working with just happen to be fairly large and they sell a whole load of stuff and so people will dip into the skill, order something, dip out, dip back in, order something, dip out? How does that look? So... Um- I think the way it looks right now is that, you know, generally right now, when you think about reordering, uh, you know, like you mentioned the the bags that you ordered, the dog poo bags, right? Uh, you're ordering them from Amazon right now because it's convenient. Um, did you, I don't know if you really price compared to make sure were they cheaper somewhere else or would they be, you know, there might be other retailers out there who or even the same retailer who's selling it through Amazon, you know, .com might have their own direct to consumer websites where, where you might be able to get a better deal maybe. But, but the reason you're doing that, you know, directly also is that because it's convenient, right? So, so what, what essentially uh, voice commerce and, and the way we are implementing that is that we are saying that, uh, you know, generally just like your behavior is changing towards ordering a few things that you know can be easily done through voice because you could do other things while you're doing that. Similarly, 
there's going to be other brands that have you know their own sites and they do have loyal customers who also need the same convenience right so now you know when if you let's say had um another place where you would prefer ordering the the bags from but you just did this because it was convenient for you uh you know imagine that you actually had the same ability to do it from that other store as well you know and while you're walking out and you could just say that hey can you order my bags from this place and it, it's the exact same experience it is going to you know impact your loyalty towards that other brand as well because now they've also made your life a little easier so i think i don't think it's a matter of saying that okay only large brands only brands that have a lot of money to spend to market their voice apps are going to benefit from that i almost think that there's other brands that are you know the smaller brands actually can probably take even a bigger advantage of this thing because they might have products and offerings that are really really good for their customers but it comes down to the ability of you know how well are they able to connect with that customer and give them that ability and uh, you know convenience you brought up an interesting point uh, about the the price shopping for for these bags kane about how much are you said poo bags how much are poo bags uh, <laughs> i just want to see how buy. many people can, how many how many times yeah. can we say dog poo bags in the podcast uh, is there, they're, about, <laughs> they're about a five something like that five five pound five fifty euro something like that Right, right. So, so not very expensive. Um, if you were, let's say, buying something that was twenty pounds, forty pounds, would that change how you would have performed that activity? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose if 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 it's a five or four quid, something like that, then it's like a really. It doesn't really matter about the quality of of them as long as they are able to pick up the dog poo you know usually the ones are biodegradable so I'm, I, when i glance at the screen i see that they're green i roughly know that it's the right kind of thing but um but i don't know to be honest i haven't i haven't yet got to the point where I've, i'm ordering more expensive regular stuff through it to be honest yeah because so the, think- the thing that i was wondering there is uh you know that's five five pounds right it could be four pounds it could be six pounds but one pound either way really doesn't make that much of a difference in your situation you're you're someone who's fairly well off but you know the question i have here is we are entering or we have entered a recession uh people are expecting unemployment to increase people perhaps their wallets are a little tighter and so the question for you is do you how do you think that's going to change how people shop through voice or conversely how businesses need to present their products through voice to to cater to these people who are more price sensitive now um i think it would definitely make a difference i think you know you 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 absolutely correct you know like like we just talked about that he is not really price sensitive because it's maybe only five dollars or you know um, five pounds uh, but after a while you know when you start going through a stage where you know people's mindset really shifts and in a situation like this when you are going through a recession people are careful about every dollar that they start spending you know and at that point it does change right at that point you're not going to even if it's a matter of you know 15 dollars or 15 pounds you're going to try to find the best value and it could be somewhere uh, outside of the standard marketplaces that you buy from and if you can provide that convenience saying that okay i know that i this is the place that i get the best value for my money i want to order from there but at the same time i also want that convenience of being able to do it through voice that is absolutely going to impact that and i think those are the kind of things that are going to make a difference and and what we look at you know that is one as- aspect of that but when i gave the earlier example of you know coffee companies so you know we work with uh, black rifle coffee for example i drink that coffee uh, you know I, I that's you know the coffee that i really enjoy in the morning but again for me uh, if i was to and i've i've been using using voice ordering for a while uh, you know uh, through amazon and, and uh, through alexa 
So for me, uh, having that option now to be able to order that coffee with the same exact convenience that I was ordering something else on amazon.com, it really changes uh, the mindset. Because now I'm saying that, okay, I'm getting the same service or convenience doing something with the brand that I want to interact with, whether it's for the quality reasons or the price reasons, but I have that same convenience. So, you know, again, pricing is going to be just another one of those elements that's going to impact where you really want to end up at. How do you think it'll work with the competition side of things? Because Amazon itself is a retailer. I know that the, obviously there's Google and things like that, but but a lot of the attention is is on Alexa because it's the smart speaker market leader. We're talking about people spending a lot more time in the homes, and so it makes sense to frame the conversation in the Alexa space. So with, with Amazon being a retailer itself and you providing the technology to enable other retailers to to get themselves established and to sell more on the Alexa platform. How how are you seeing the how, how is there a competitive element to it in that if a retailer is pets at home and they sell dog poo bags and then Amazon also sell dog poo bags, Amazon Basics ones, is there a case of I will always need to ask for pets at home to give me the dog poo bags so are we in a or is there a space for so there's two questions is there space for for other skills that are retailers to compete against amazon's normal first party offering i suspect the answer is no but but is there and then secondly if if not and the aim is to get people into your skill how are retailers approaching that education so that people are aware that they have products exist on on the platform so that's a great question that you bring up, right? And I, I get that question asked all the time uh, about having brands and you know retailers who are competing with products that exist on Amazon.com. So I think the way uh, you know, the, and we work really closely with the with the Alexa teams and you know, the Amazon Pay teams, and you know, just through our investment, also through the Alexa Fund and the Alexa Accelerator, uh, and, and you know, it's a very clear vision right now. I think uh, what Amazon sees, uh, you know, and let's just focus on Alexa for for a moment and not other assistants, uh, you know. Alexa, what Amazon sees is that, you know, Alexa needs to dominate as and become the default voice assistant for everybody out there. So I think what their, their, what their goal is, it's a lot bigger than just trying to sell a competing product. It's more dominance in the voice assistant space. Uh, and you, and when you, when I start to think about, you know, when you look at how many people, you know, whether it's more than 50% of people are going to start their searches through voice or all the stats that we see that, and it is kind of getting to that stage. When you start looking at, at in, in, in that capacity, you can almost imagine that this is almost a, a race for owning search. You don't even, you don't even talk about owning product search, but this is a race for owning search. Now for when, when you think about in terms of Alexa, you know, let's just take an example that I'm going to say that, Hey, uh, you know, let's say, you know, when screen devices are coming in, I'm, I'm talking to my screen device and I'm looking for shirts, right? So if I ask Alexa, be like, Alexa, find me, uh, or, you know, dress shirts to wear to work. And at that point, if, if Amazon just comes back and says that, Hey, um, according to Amazon's Amazon basics, top choice is this shirt. And if I'm never going to be a, uh, if, if I like buying my shirts at J crew and they give me an Amazon's top choice shirt, that is not going to be relevant to me. Uh, for me to ask that question again is going to become irrelevant and I will never repeat that again. So, you know, Alexa realizes that for me to use Alexa again for 
a, reg, a proper search, they have to deliver results to me that are relevant to me as an individual. So if I'm interacting and if I'm connecting with brands like, you know, whether it's Bloomingdale's, whether it's, uh, you know, Rothy's, if, if those are the brands I like, don't show me shoes and dresses from brands that are basics brands that I will never buy because like I said, that is going to become irrelevant. So, you know, it is a fine balance for sure. Uh, again, there's no exact science behind how the discovery would happen. There's no science behind of which product is going to get promoted more. But, but the reality is that, you know, there is realization with the voice assistants that in order to, you know, become the leading voice assistant and the leading voice search platform, you have to make sure that whatever I get as a result is very relevant to me. That's, that's a really fair point about how, you know, that's best for consumers. And so that's best for Amazon. What are your thoughts about something that I think Kane and I both encountered when speaking with companies, which is not necessarily, you know, our products won't rank high. I think that's a concern and you answer that very well, but their fear sometimes is that Amazon is gathering up Google to a lesser extent, but definitely Amazon is gathering up all this data about how their customers interact and companies tend to be sort of afraid of that. Is that something that you think is misplaced? Uh, I think so. I think it is. And, and you know, I think that's, uh, that's another uh, one of the bigger reasons why uh, that conversation about uh, or the need of a platform like, like what we are doing, it becomes extremely important. Because, uh, you know, when you look at a uh, product catalog, so the way our pro- platform works is, you know, just a quick, uh, you know, brief on that is that we have a platform where a retailer can connect their existing store or a product catalog. So they could have a custom uh, platform like Bloomingdale's or they could have a custom, you know, or they could just be on a Shopify or a Magento platform. You can connect your product. Pl- product catalog to blue tags platform and then we generate branded alexa and google assistant skills so essentially what's happening is that when i'm asking question about adding things to the shopping cart that information is staying on the blue tag platform layer which sits between a retailer and and the voice assistant yes i mean you know all the questions you ask alexa there are you know there's data that obviously that can be saved but a lot of the recommendations a lot of the ai that we do to provide the right recommendation sits in, in our layer. And I think there is an additional uh, sense of comfort from retailers when, when you start looking at that. You know, and I always look at even, uh, you know, I'll give an example of a really large retailer that we work with um, out of um, out of New York, their, their headquarters in, in New York. And, you know, our, our first meeting literally lasted with them for about like 40 seconds. We went in there and they're like, we don't do anything Amazon. And that was it. Uh, I mean, that was really, really it. Now they are a customer of ours. And, you know, once you start telling them that, you know, we are this layer that sits in the middle, the data resides with us, all the users that are interacting, we have that information, what they're doing, what they're adding to shopping carts. None of that information is passed over to any of the voice assistants, whether it's Google or Amazon there is a certain level of comfort that they start getting. And at that point, they realize that, hey, if all these headphones are coming with a voice built into it, the cars are coming with voice built into it, right? So if I have my Bose headphones with Alexa built into it and I'm running and I need new running shoes, if that person is my customer, I need to be on Alexa. That doesn't mean that I have to be on Amazon. So it's almost like, you know, and it's almost like you start thinking about like AWS versus Amazon, right? Like you can still host your website on AWS. You don't need to be on Amazon.com, which a lot of companies also have policies not being on AWS just because they're like, okay, we don't want to do anything Amazon. But I think that mindset is changing, you know, and the biggest example I give is uh, example of, you know, even something like Microsoft Office being available for iOS. You know, it's something that your customer is there 
you just need to decide if you want to be where your customer is. And if the customers have Alexa, you just, I think naturally you need to be there in this competitive landscape. You have to basically go to where your customer already is. So let me, let me just clarify this then just to see if I've got this right in my head. So, and Dustin, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but what you were asking was whether if I'm a retailer and I have a whole load of product that I want to sell, uh, and I stick all of that on a, on onto the platform, the Alexa platform. Amazon, at some level, because it's passing all of the utterances and then determining what the intent is for the, each utterance, will ultimately be able to tell how much of my stock is selling and then be able to do something competitive about that. Was that the, was that the crux of your question or not? Yeah, I think so. When speaking with companies, yeah, it definitely is that they they've got the slot values, they've got the intent, so. If they could, I'm not saying that they do the, uh, are doing this, but if they really wanted to, potentially they could say, okay, well, um, J. Crew, let's go back to that example. J. Crew sweaters are, are really heating up. Let's go ahead and, and pump money into our Amazon basic sweater line. Mm. So, but then Shilp, what, so what you were saying there then is that the blue tag software sits in the middle of Amazon and the retailer and you, you kind of made it sound as though through using blue tag that what we were just discussing doesn't, isn't an issue. Does that mean that you are acquiring or, or obtaining some kind of first party data that's hidden from Amazon? How, how does that interaction between the Alexa platform, blue tag and the retailer work? So any utterance that happens, anything that you ask Alexa, you know, Amazon would always have access to that if they wanted to, right? So that's something that we cannot because they are talking to Alexa. But for example, right, let's say I say, um, you know, I can say Alexa, ask Bloomingdale's to find me some black dresses to wear to a cocktail party. At that point, what happens is that we display uh, certain results on, on the device. If it's a screen device, if not, then we can say that, hey, you want me to email you some recommendations. All of that recommendation, anything that happens beyond that question or utterance is happening on our platform. And that information does not get passed back to, to Amazon's um, ecosystem from our side. So, you know, there's, yes, you know, there's going to be some, there's going to be some data that if you really want to think about that, they'll use that against you, what questions are getting asked, that question, that, that information is there, but it gets limited to a very small amount of data that actually they have access to from a retailer side when it comes to working with the platform like that. And then that's one of the biggest reasons, you know, I, and even Amazon realizes that, you know, we remember having those initial conversations where they had brought it up that, you know, uh, they also realized that a lot of retailers uh, would want to take advantage of this new, uh, you know, channel of selling things, which is through voice, just like we went from like desktop to mobile. Now, you know, voice is going to be the next where they need to sell through that, but they also want to make sure, uh, you know, that they have that comfort that they're not sharing all that information, all the transaction data, all of that with uh, Amazon. And, um, and that's essentially uh, where the platform comes in, where, where it helps with that. So yes, to, to answer your question in a, in a shorter form, uh, you know, there's going to be some information that's still there, but bulk of the information related to a product catalog and what is happening with that interaction with the user stays, stays away from there. And changing topic just slightly, I, one of the things I've noticed is that I think we've said the word Google maybe two, three times here. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the conversations about voice first really does uh, move down that tack of talking about Alexa primarily and Amazon primarily. Would you say that there are certain companies that should focus on building for assistant first or is everyone really should build for Alexa first or they should be on both? 
so we still have companies that are building only for Google. Uh, they still have internal policies that would make them not, you know, built for Alexa. Uh, we do see that changing, uh, but you know, I think right now, uh, when we when you look at companies in the U.S., uh, there are more Alexa devices out there. So you know, and, um, we have more companies, uh, you know, regardless of that, you know, thing we talked about earlier about you know feeling, uh, you know a little bit of fearful about towards competing with Amazon and, you know, having that, we still have more companies who are more excited about building for Alexa first, as opposed to Google. Uh, but, but yeah, you know, with companies like, you know, Fresh Direct, uh, you know, they compete directly with Amazon Fresh. I mean, if you really think about it, Amazon Fresh sells groceries, Fresh Direct sells groceries. There's almost like maybe even names that are similar, right? But, but they also realize that they want to go Alexa first and then move in. So we did Alexa first for them and then move to Google because they also realize that, you know, there's more customers that are, you know, used to using Alexa here at least. Uh, but I think uh, eventually it has to go both. Uh, you have to deliver uh, experience that that is available on all voice devices. And that's what we try to tell the customers as well is that, you know, we're giving you a platform where you connect your product catalog and it creates a voice dialogue with the product catalog for you. And we make it available on all voice devices because uh, the reality is that these devices are going to coexist, right? You might wake up next to like an Echo Dot by our bed, you go to the kitchen, you have a you know Google Assistant that has a screen, your car has something else, your TV has something else. So, you know, how do you carry that conversation in a consistent fashion across different voice assistants is something that uh, we focus on a lot. And are there other platforms that you're looking at or really just focused on these two for now? Right, right now, these are the only two we've done, uh, you know, but when, as and when more and more of them become relevant um, in, in a capacity where we need to, uh, we'll make sure that it's available there too. What are some of the, we might have touched on maybe the biggest one, but what are some of the, if there's retailers listening now in the context of what we've just been speaking about in terms of people spending more time at home, more time around the smart speakers, what are the, what are either some of the biggest pushbacks that you have from retailers or some of the biggest challenges that retailers are facing in making this happen and how are you getting over those barriers or helping them get over those barriers? So I think biggest challenges, so there's a, you know, that's a really good question. And I think what's happened right now is that just like, uh, you know, what we saw with early days of e-commerce, you know, what, what was happening in early days of e-commerce was that, uh, you know, retailers were spending millions of dollars trying to build their websites, host their websites, and the experiences were, you know, they were they were getting good, but they were not very consistent, uh, you know, and uh, what the, the difference at that point was that, I, you know, I don't you know, I'm kind of dating uh, aging myself here, but I remember back in the days going online and trying to buy something. Every time I would buy it from the same site, I would have to enter my credit card again and again. Sometimes it would give me an error, but then I would try it again and eventually it would make a purchase and I'd be pretty happy. I'm like, great. I just bought something online. Right. Um, the difference is that, you know, at that time, buying something online there was only one way to do it, you know, so whether the experience was broken or not, people still saw that it was the, the convenience was still there. So you, you still found it easier to be able to not have to step out. And even if it took you an extra, you know, five to 10 minutes to kind of put that transaction through, people were able to do that. It's a little different with voice. With voice, people actually have another option already in place. People can go and check for that time slot using uh, their browser. Yes, you have to keep refreshing it. You know, uh, you when you check out, you, when you add something to your shopping cart, people already have an option that they can do right now using browser or mobile. So where voice comes in and how retailers have to think about it is that you have to, the only way this is going to 
work is that if you actually provide them something that is going to make it a little bit more convenient than their existing experience, because they have an option to do pretty much everything that you can do with voice over a screen. And, and, and when retailers, just like retailers were spending millions to build their websites in early days of e-commerce, now a lot of retailers have tried spending a lot of money on apps. You know, some of the numbers I look at are kind of like, it's pretty astonishing how much money they've spent, spent building these extensive voice applications. And they've used probably the same teams that have built their mobile and web experiences. And it's, you just, you cannot do that. You know, people, you're not trying to replace your web experience to bring it to voice. You know, people just, people don't talk like the way they type, you know, or, or the, way, the way they browse. So keeping in mind that, you know, you have to build this thing in a very different mindset and you have to make sure that you're giving them something that's very natural um, for them to do uh, using voice because voice is the most natural thing that somebody can uh, do to take an action. So how do you shift that user behavior is by letting them know of a few things uh, that you're doing to make their lives easier and just do them really well. So, the, you know, the retailers are really facing a challenge because they're trying to do too much, if you, if I may say, with voice. Uh, what we suggest is that do less, right? So, for example, if I'm working with, you know, Black Rifle Coffee, they have a lot of people doing reordering. A simple thing is that when somebody places an order uh, online, they send an order confirmation email, and all it needs to say is that, hey, Next time, just ask Alexa or Google to reorder your coffee, right? So now what you're doing is that, you know, when you send out a, a shipping information, right, you can say that you can ask Alexa for your order status. So what you're doing right now is that you're you're capturing the moment when they're about to take some action and letting them know, be like, hey, by the way, you can also do this using your voice assistant. And that's the mindset people need to have is that what are the different aspects of your shopping journey, you know, including adding things, including checking out, including status. There's a lot of things that happen in somebody's shopping journey. How can you take, you know, elements that are relevant and just let them know that, hey, you can also do this using voice. And those are the kind of things that we've seen that are shifting user behavior as opposed to saying that, hey, we've, we've now, you know, launched a voice app and you can do everything you can do online on voice. You know, that, that just hasn't worked. So, you know, th that's, I think, the biggest challenge is that, you know, retailers are trying to do a little bit too much uh, and they're, they're looking at it in a, in a, in a wrong, wrong way. And, and in that example, that, that was a really good example, that, by the way. I love that, the, trying, trying to work out what the customer journey is and then figuring out where voice makes sense throughout that. That's that's some stuff that we've been thinking a hell of a lot about lately. Um, and, and from your perspective, if you're advising retailers, is the value of doing that, there's obvious value in doing that in terms of making the user journey easier, more friction-free, if you like. Uh, was that a double negative? More friction-free? I don't know. Um but but other is is the main reasons for doing that to excel in customer experience. So for example, if I can now check my order delivery, the question that people the second question that people will ask other than is Amazon going to steal my data is what's the ROI? Well, if I'm going to invest X amount of thousands of pounds in doing this, what return am I going to get on that? So for you and when you're speaking to retailers, are you approaching it from an ROI perspective, thinking that the, the ROI is excelling compared to your competitors by providing a seamless experience in a more convenient way? Or does all of this in some way, shape or form lead to selling more? Yeah, so I mean, it's it's more about, you know, uh 
I think what what happens is that the the biggest thing in retail it comes down to is the the lifetime value of a customer, right? So whether you're a direct to consumer brand, how many more times can you know what how connected is that consumer to your brand? So you know when we start looking at you know I'll give an example of a uh, of a use case that might not seem very relevant for voice, but I'll tell you why it is. So somebody like Rothy's, right? Rothy's is a big direct to consumer brand, you know loyal customer base. They sell they sell shoes. Right, women's shoes. So now, you know, as from right from the beginning of the mindset, you'd be like, that's never going to make sense for voice. But 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 Rothy's were very, they're a very progressive brand. You know, they realize that for them to maintain that customer loyalty, they have to connect with them at every level. So you know, when we launched their initial voice app, uh, you know, the goal were were simple, right? So what what do their customers do? Their customers reorder shoes for sure, but then at the same time, they're also coming and trying to find out if there's a new shoe that they released or can they find a new shoe that they would like to buy from Rothy's because they regularly release new shoes. So, you know, those are the kind of things. So what we do is that because you don't have, when you launch, you don't have like tens of thousands or people using the app right away. We focus a lot on uh, on surveys and, and, you know, collecting even NPS data and things like that, right? Because... Uh, what what you need to see is that hey let's take a group of people see how they interact with this voice app and see if it's going to make sense and if we are able to get enough value out of that then we know that it makes sense to kind of let everybody know that please use this app right so so in those cases what we saw was that you know we we have some numbers and I, you know right off top of my head what i remember is like it's something like 67% of the people were actually able to find the product in a very quick voice search fashion when they used a voice assistant. And we actually had something like 3% of them actually completed the transaction using voice. So when you start looking at these numbers and, and then, you know, based on our survey, we do satisfaction survey and, uh, you know, through our even, you know, other data that we collected, we, we had something like, there were like almost 40% of the people that said that they're actually more likely to shop at Rothy's after they've experienced the voice, uh, the voice experience, right? So it actually gives them a little different, uh, how they feel about a brand, their mindset also changes when they see that you can do certain things. So, so again, you know, I know everybody calculates ROI differently, you know, ROI should really just be like, okay, how much did I sell through this particular channel? But voice adds uh, a very different element of satisfaction. And, you know, you're actually enhancing a brand for somebody by providing additional services where they feel a little bit more connected with your brand. And we are also seeing that, you know, you have people who are interacting with your brand more often, whether it's something as simple as just like saying, hey, is there any upcoming offer? You know, do I have any upcoming offer at Bloomingdale's? So even something as simple as that, you have somebody who's connecting, who's more connected with your brand, who basically comes home and just has something on their mind and they can quickly ask that question, even they might not take that action. It changes the perception they have about a brand. and. What we see um, right now, Kane, is that, uh, you know, we've seen uh, people who have come up for renewal, right? So somebody signed up a three-year uh, subscription with us. They're coming up for renewal or six months. And for us, it's uh, we're like, okay, are these, you know, do they see enough value in, in what we provided? And when they look at the data, when they look at how people are using it and they see what people are doing, they are almost saying that, you know, what you just gave me over the last six months I cannot afford not to have that data because I can see the trend. I can see where it's going. And I know that, you know, and, and I'll, I'll be the first one to say that today, if you plug this thing in, it's not going to change your business. It's not going to be something that oh, all of a sudden now we have extra volume of orders that have started coming in. But what they do realize is that, you know, whether we are 16 months away or whether we are 24 months away from it being something that everybody is expected to have. And we are not far from that day. You know, we can see the trends, but for brands, what, 
the brands that are working with us right now, what they realize is that they see a trend saying that, okay, in 18 months, when this thing becomes absolutely necessary for everybody, I can see why I will have a distinct competitive edge over my competitors because of the data that I have today. And that's the reason that makes them renew them over again and again. And we have pretty much, you know, all of them, the retention is extremely high because of the way we, of what we are selling into them as well. And I think that's another issue also that there's been some, you know, agencies and companies that have almost given, you know, I won't say false promises, but the expectations have been set very differently for a lot of these retailers. And when you start telling them that, hey, the way you have to think about it is that when this becomes something that you absolutely must have, starting today is going to give you an edge and then it starts to make sense to them and they, they start seeing the value, you know, that this is the amount I'm spending over the next 24 months. And that's that's going to be a very small amount based on what the edge that it's going to give me, if that makes sense. Mm. That's interesting. And, and you also mentioned last time we spoke that... Um, so it sounds as though that some of the data that people are collecting to inform their understanding of the potential of this stuff uh, is is more important actually than the physical sales that they're that they're making. But when we last spoke, you did actually mention something pretty interesting, which was around around Fresh Direct, and that you were saying that their reorder cases were kind of like six seven percent increased on the shopping size basket or something like that using the voice platform. Yeah. So the initial data that we have actually, it's, uh, you know, so in some cases we've even had like up to like 11, 12% of increase in shopping cart sizes of people once they start using the voice assistant. Cause, uh, cause generally, you know, when, when you talk about, you know, fresh direct and groceries, it is a very relevant, it's probably the most ideal use case for voice, honestly, you know, doing groceries. So you're, 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 you know, and, and uh, everything is kind of like designed for that almost, if you could say, cause there's so many of these devices that are sitting in kitchens as well. You know, you're, you're cooking, you're adding some butter and you're like, Oh, I just ran out of butter you don't have to stop that action. You can just be like, hey, can you just add butter to my shopping cart, right? So those are the things that we're seeing. And, and in there, we are seeing a direct result and we are seeing an absolute increase in shopping cart sizes, uh, you know, for people to start using it even uh, for the first time. And what, so so we've touched on a few interesting, I think, reasons why retailers should be considering BlueTag and Alexa in general or voice in general for, for their services. Um, and one of the things that, that uh, I find kind of interesting is the how things change over time. And, and you, you, were, you were saying there around if you invest in it now in 18 months time or whenever this thing blows up, which it sounds as though the trend is pointing towards it, that happening at some point. Um, you invest in it now, you get the knowledge, you you understand how people are interacting with your brand, you can see the trend happening, etc. There is opportunities to increase your shopping cart size, there's opportunities to improve the customer experience throughout each stage of the customer journey. If there was other if there was something else that you could say to to wake retailers up to the opportunities here, it might be interesting to maybe given that you've been working in this space for quite a while, um, it might be interesting to, to consider what has changed in terms of, you've been talking about trends. So so in the last two years, what has some of the kind of voice shopping or voice commerce trends been? And where have we come from and where are we now? And, and where are we now? How is that different to two years ago? And how will that be different as, as we move forward over the next sort of 12, 18 months? 
Absolutely. So if you look at two years ago, like 2017 was the first uh, year when we had real shopping data that came out, right? So at that point, voice-based commerce was about 1.8, 1.9, so almost $2 billion. Uh, you know, that that's basically what the voice commerce data was in the US. And at that point, it was primarily people uh, you know, reordering things on Alexa, I mean, on Amazon.com through Alexa. That, you know, you could say bulk of it was that. Some of it may be, uh, you know, Google Assistant, Google Express, uh, but essentially that's where bulk of it was. And since then, there's been different things that have changed. You know, even Spanish, when you start looking at like people buying movie tickets, you know, and, you know, different aspects of uh, commerce. So people have since then gone away from just buying things on amazon.com and they're now buying, you know, so then the next thing was that they started buying things that they don't need to look at kind of just, it's a quick reorder or a quick order using voice and complete that transaction. And, and since then it's been on track to get to $40 billion by 2022. So when you look at that trend, that trend is going to involve all the retailers to participate and be where the trend that amazon.com started in so many ways for voice shopping. And, um, and, and when you start looking at that trend, uh, you know, it, it becomes pretty obvious that if you want to be, and you know, again, if, even if you're not on amazon.com, you are competing with amazon.com or you're not, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the reality is that just like Amazon, Amazon is known to set trends for shopping, right? Whether it's free two day shipping, whether it's the expectations of what you expect from a customer service return, all of that, they create the trend. They set the user behavior and then retailers match up and follow and people get comfortable with that because people's expectations are very different right now. So what they need to realize is that Amazon has already set the trend for voice shopping. User behavior is already in place. These numbers are large, right? So, and even when you look at this year, this year, uh, all, uh, more than 10% of uh, all people are going to shop through voice. So here, I just have some stats. So 21, more than 21 people, 21 million users will make a purchase using a smart speaker in 2020. Last year, that number was almost 19 million, uh, 19 million people. So, uh, and that is more than 10% of all digital buyers in the US. So, I don't think a lot of people realize how normal it is for people to actually use that, you know? And um, there was, I was listening to this uh, talk from uh, Patrick from uh, Amazon Pay uh, at NRF. And so, you know, based on uh, the numbers that they have, almost 39% of all US consumers are expected to make a purchase using voice in the next three years. And this is, I'm not talking about 39% of people who have smart speakers. This is 39% of all US consumers. When you start looking at those numbers, those are pretty massive numbers. And uh, so the trend is clear, right? There's a user behavior that has been created. Yes, this, this, this was created by Amazon because people got used to using Alexa to buy on amazon.com. But now that behavior is in people's mind. You have to be there because though that numbers is going to keep going up and, you know, there's going to be a significant disadvantage of people who are not taking that action right now because uh, they, they think that, okay, voice commerce is, you know, two years away if they want to think that they might be right. That voice commerce is going to be probably become mainstream two years from now, but there's going to be a significant uh, disadvantage of people who are not starting today. Interesting. So what do you think then? Let's 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 kind of like briefly fast forward or, or, you know, go down the path for the next 12, 18 months. What do you think are some of the trends that we're likely going to see? You, we, we've kind of touched on a couple in terms of just the volume being generally 
increasing. And we've touched on a few kind of sample use cases like checking deliveries and reordering kind of like consumable kind of items. Is there anything else in particular that you are thinking that we'll see as far as retail and voice is concerned over the next 12, 18 months? Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I think I went a little off track there, but yeah, we went to the reorder from amazon.com. We went through, you know, reorder and ordering now through third party retailers. That's already happening in a pretty big way. And I think the next trend uh, that is natural one that we are starting to see a lot is, is this introduction of a lot of these uh, screen devices. So now there's more and more devices that are coming with screens and people are also, you know, getting used to that, you know, whether it's uh, even, even when they listen to music, just having access to that track on your screen because they're used to seeing that on the on the car also now you know it becomes something more relevant so there's uh, and it's not even a matter of how many devices are going to be produced by amazon or google that have screens uh, you have to start imagining that we're headed to a world where every screen is going to have some sort of voice built into it. And that's what you have to think. You know, all the new smart televisions are coming with voice built into it as well. So so the trend that's heading, heading towards now is that, you know, everybody, including people who sell fashion, you know, clothing, apparel, voice is going to become relevant for everybody. And, you know, are us working with somebody like Rothy's and Bloomingdale's proves that. So, yeah, so to, to talk about trends, I think right now we've already established the trends of household items and reorder and things like that. But now the trend is towards, uh, towards everything that even requires a visual, because I think those are the people who have naturally till last year thought that because their uh, products have a big visual element that, that they're not the right candidate for voice. So I think they have to get out of that mindset. Because uh, regardless of what you're selling, uh, you have to adapt to voice. And that's that's where the money is as well. If you if you need to see it before you buy it, then it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be five pound poo bags, is it? Dustin, any any, <laughs> any 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 final thoughts? Any last questions for Shilp? No, nothing at all. I think this has been great. Thanks so much for coming on and giving us an insight into what you do and uh, how the industry is looking. Absolutely, no, it was a great pleasure uh, talking about this stuff. Where can, where can people uh, where can people go and try Blue Tag and how can people reach out to you if they if they want to start selling their stuff on uh, on Alexa? Yeah, so I mean, uh, you could go online. Uh, you know, we have a website where you could go and self serve and create your own account. Basically, we have a free service. We have a free plan uh, that lets you create a, a basic skill for where you can promote your you know coupons, promotions, your store hours, FAQs, and you know basic things like that. Uh, so you know, we highly encourage people to go to blue.ai. That's B L U. AI, uh, and uh, you know, create a free account, play around with it. Uh, if you have any questions, definitely you know, reach out to us via email, or you know, just just reach out to us via contact form on the on the site, and you know, we'll get one of the reps to kind of you know walk you through a little bit more, give you some live demos if you want, and show you how this works. But yeah, uh, you know, like I said, it's uh, we believe in our product, so we have a self serve product that people can uh, can use. Cool, Shilp, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Ken. It's, it's been great. Thank you. That was Shilp Agarwal of Blue Tag. Uh, thank you, Shilp. That was that was an immense conversation. Uh, any retailers listening, if that hasn't sold you on the value and, and why it's worth considering jumping onto Alexa and Google Assistant right now, then I don't know what will. I really do think that we're going to be spending a hell of a lot more time indoors over the next 8, 12 months. I read a report yesterday that was saying that it could last 18 months. Um, and so, you know, you, there is people in the home 
sitting around their smart speakers that could benefit from your services and your products. Um, really like the way that Shilp was phrasing the value of it in terms of the ROI. So, you know, you're looking at a 12% increase in cart size for, for um, what was it, Fresh? Was it Fresh Direct? Was it Fresh Direct? Yeah. Um, increasing car size you're looking at ways of optimising the user journey collapsing that user journey rather than making people whip out the phone and do a whole load of button pushing to try and get delivery times you can just ask Alexa to do that um, and you know looking at the trends apparently 39% of all Americans are going to be shopping via voice by 2022 um, and the trends are all pointing that way I, I can honestly say that um, we use the dog poo bag example um, but I can honestly say that that is now a habit of mine that's how I order those and that will only grow and increase over time as I discover more possibilities and I come into contact with more brands and more experiences that have stuff that are of value to me and I am not alone in that so thank you Shilp that was absolutely amazing real real food for thought uh, and do reach out to Blue Tag if you uh, if you feel the need to put your products and services on Alexa which I'm sure by now you do and uh, thank you as Dustin as always and as always boys and girls thank you all for listening. Until next time, see you later.